Check this out. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to shut it for you real quick. Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, don't roll it. Hit it downhill. With power, you run it straight downhill. You know where we're coming. And we know where y'all going to be lined up at. Now you just got to stop. I'm saying I'm better than you. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Peace mode is already on side. The doctor is now in. The beast is alive and well. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us here. T.C. Martin show. I well, appreciate T.J. Reeves joining us from Tampa Bay, talking a little Monday night football last night. How about that? The Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears. Definitely a game of two different halves. It was all Steelers early on, then the Bears come storming back. But the stupidity, well, topic of conversation for a terrible Tuesday, right? No doubt about it, all right? Uh, Tim Brando was scheduled to join us uh, this hour. Uh, Tim just reached out to me, had a little family emergency come up, so we're going to move Tim Brando to tomorrow. So, uh, same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow for Tim Brando, one of the golden voices of uh, college football, college basketball as well, too. So, uh, we'll move him and and talk to him uh, tomorrow. So, there you have it. All right. Terrible Tuesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Of course, you can get all of the Terrible Tuesday takes uh, on the website as well, too, at tcmartinshow.com. Our interview is up there as well, too, from uh, yesterday that we had with Kevin Kruger. So check that out as UNLV basketball will head into action on the hardwood tomorrow night at the Thomas and Mack Center. We're going to look forward to that. And uh, so our interview yesterday with Kevin Kruger, had a great time with him. Love talking uh, with Kevin. And again, this is, you know, the former UNLV running rebel, uh, has been an assistant coach, the last couple seasons under T.J. Otzelberger, and now Kevin gets an opportunity to pave his own way, create his own legacy as a head coach, and doing it at the best place that uh, he knows how to. Of course, the success that he had here as a player, and of course his dad, Lon Kruger, as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure Lon will be in attendance, and Kevin Kruger will uh, be guiding the Rebels as they kick off the 2021-22 season Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. tip-off against uh, Gardner-Webb. And I'm glad UNLV is not doing the exhibition schedule this year, the exhibition game, where they bring somebody in and they blast them by 40 and use it basically as a, you know, as a scrimmage. I'm very glad they're not doing that. They're getting into play right away. And uh, so Gardner-Webb, a lot of people might not be familiar with them, but they are from the Big South Conference. Uh, you probably remember Winthrop. Uh, they're the powerhouse there recently now, but uh, pretty good conference uh, for college basketball. And uh, they've got nine returning guys from their, their team from last year. So they're picked to finish third in the Big South. So it'll actually be uh, a decent game, much better than just doing an exhibition game, a glorified scrimmage to do that um, you know, against a Division One opponent. Uh, that could be competing for their conference championship in the Big South. It's a good start. Then UNLV will play Cal on Saturday. That tip-off will be at 5 o'clock. So good start for the Rebels. And then they will get into some some serious play 
um, you know, coming up here next week as we get ready for you know Thanksgiving and the, and the holiday tournaments and that sort of thing. So uh, looking forward to being out at the Thomas and Mack Center, and we invite everybody to to get out to the Thomas and Mack Center and support this team because this is a little bit different with T, with with Kevin Kruger as the UNLV head coach. It it is kind of like you're bringing back one of your own. Sure, you know, Kevin played here basically one season, but he played under Lon, and, you know, just that alone just kind of gives you a a better sense of community or rooting for a guy, and different than Marvin Menzies. Love Marvin Menzies, but he had really no ties here, um, you know, at all. T.J. Altsberger had no ties here at all, you know, coming from South Dakota State, and we know that he wanted to get back to Iowa State, where you know he spent a lot of time there, but you know he grew up. He was a Wisconsin guy. No ties. So UNLV now connecting to basically one of their own, a former running rebel. And I think that was part of the allure with Dave Rice. And I'll say this again: I, I said it way back when when Dave Rice was let go. Did not necessarily agree with that move uh, at all. Uh, to a certain degree, I understand why they made the move. But it really was not because of recruiting. It wasn't of X's and O's. It wasn't about uh, you know game prepping because Dave Rice was phenomenal. But like Kevin Kruger, even more so, Dave Rice was a you know UNLV through and through, playing for Tark. You know, win a national championship. I mean, that really resonated with with a lot of people. So I think UNLV would like to get back to that. It's always nice to kind of hire one of your own, but they need to be qualified. Even though Kevin Kruger has never been a head coach, at least he's been an assistant, and he is the son of Lon Kruger, who, you know, was was under Lon's tutelage and guidance at, at Oklahoma, and now spending a couple of years there under T.J. Otzelberger. It made the perfect sense, and we talked about it when Otzelberger left. We talked about it when they hired uh, Kevin Kruger uh, to be the head coach. It makes sense. So now we're here. Uh, and I think a lot of people can now have a better sense of hope and optimism for UNLV's basketball season. That's what we hope for, and it all starts tomorrow night. So we're rooting for Kevin. You're not going to you know, know a lot of these names, but to be honest, haven't known a lot of these names in years past as well, too. Bryce Hamilton coming back, that's big, and Marvin Coleman coming back. That's all he's got coming back. But he did bring in a couple transfers from Oklahoma, from Texas. So I'm curious. I'm interested to see uh, what UNLV basketball is going to look like, and hopefully uh, we can get back on the, the positive swing of things here with Kevin Kruger at the helm. And, of course, Lon Kruger um, you know, being around the building quite a bit as well, too. So we talked to Kevin yesterday. We'll continue to talk to him during the course of the season, and we'll continue to visit with Lon Kruger as well, too. All right. Uh, we have some more Terrible Tuesday takes coming a little bit later on, so hang tight for that. But uh, stepping in now is our good friend from over at News 3. Uh, He's been traveling the globe, going everywhere, seeing it all, whether it's Raiders, boxing, little UFC. He is Brian Salmon, and there he is. Bill Bip DeVoe in the background. What's going on, brother? (laughs) My guy. Girl, I must yeah. Now, what's going on, QC? You're the one doing all the traveling, man. Going to the World Series games back and forth to to the to Houston, H town, man. Doing your thing. Yeah, I'm envious. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, brother. And uh, yeah, you know that's 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 how we
And uh, but I know you're doing the same too. I mean, you're 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 covering all these things, and we got a, such a busy week here in Las Vegas. We got Golden Knights tonight. We got UNLV, like I said, making their uh, season debut and Kevin Kruger's debut tomorrow. We got Golden Knights Thursday. Golden Knights part of a, a six-game homestand, and then of course you know Saturday we got the doubleheader. We got UNLV football against Hawaii, a one o'clock start at Allegiant Stadium, and then we've got UNLV Cal over at Thomas and Mac on the basketball side. Oh, and by the way, Sunday night the marquee game Raiders and the Chiefs for Sunday night football. B Sal, so uh, you and I are going to be seeing a lot of each other like we always do anyway. Absolutely, man. It's always a pleasure to see my guy. As always, it's been a while, man. I missed you, man. I haven't seen you in a little bit. I haven't had a chance to kind of sit and chop it up with you, man. But you're right. Jeez, man. I mean, isn't this really every week now in Las Vegas for the most part? I mean, people really, really need to realize that Las Vegas is a top-notch sports town, a destination market for people that work in our biz and we should be treated as such. <laughs> totally agree with you. And again, for you know those of us that have worked in in other cities where you have year-round sports. I mean, this is this is great, and it just feels like this is what this is. This is what it should be. And again, there's good representation with all of the above as well, too, because we're covering t- teams that are relevant. I mean, we'll, and again, we throw in UNLV, we throw in the Aces, uh, World Championship Boxing, UFC, I mean, all of that. I mean, everything is just not, it's like, it's not a throwaway. Now, if, if there is that one, and again, no, not to be disparaging, but UNLV football is not there yet. And, and, and it is on the lower tier. It is, but I think it still gives, some people an opportunity to go out to Allegiant Stadium to to see UNLV in that setting, and UNLV coming off the win last week against New Mexico. I mean, that's a positive sign. But I don't know, B. Sal. I, I I am more excited about UNLV basketball. Of course, absolutely, absolutely. That's why I contacted you earlier because I wanted to talk about UNLV basketball. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kevin can do, man. Like. Um, I mean, you you weren't here at the time because there was a time after you had left before you came back, but I covered Kevin Kruger when he made it to the Sweet 16 with Lon Kruger's team. Right. So, yeah, nah. So I'm very interested to see how he does. How about this? One of Kevin Kruger's assistant coaches, his name is Brandon Chappelle. I covered Brandon Chappelle when he played for Lamar in Beaumont when I worked in Beaumont, Texas. And I knew he was from Lamar. <laughs> wow, that is crazy. There it is, see? Yeah, he, he, and he knows me well. Like, I know him well um, from back then, him and his pop, uh-huh. actually. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to UNLV basketball, the running revs, man. And I'm probably in agreement with you, and I haven't even gauged to see what you think about this, but I bet you do. I think that Kevin's going to do a, a very good job. I, I think that UNLV basketball is going to be better than they were last year, even with only bringing back the two players, as you said. I totally agree with that. No, that that is my take as well. Because the guy that the guys that he is bringing in are some big D one guys that were highly recruited at Oklahoma, at Texas. They, a couple of play. They also got a fifth year senior coming from Kent State as well, too. And it's going to take some time, as we know. Is when you get hired and you're basically, you know, cleaning out the the cupboard here. And really, Kevin really didn't have to do it because, and like we talked about it with him yesterday, is that when you take over a program now, 
in this modern-day transfer portal, it is nuts. It is crazy because everybody wants to play immediately now, and no one is hanging with a university. And we've seen that with former UNLV players, you know, coming here for one year and say, you know what, I don't, I don't like this. I'm not feeling it. Boom, I'm gone. I mean, look what T.J. Otzelberger did when he took over for Marvin Menzies. I mean, talk about a reclamation project from even year after year that Otzelberger was here for those couple seasons, right? I mean, he, he didn't, he yeah. couldn't even build because that's kind of the mentality that you're dealing with now. But I think Kevin Kruger, along with his dad and all of that experience, I mean, they've got the pipelines, not just themselves, but those other guys, those other assistant coaches that are coming from Big 12 country as well. They're going to help build this program and get the right recruits. And that's why, yes, I'm more excited now than I probably have been in a long, long time. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. And I'm sure you're probably we're probably in agreement as well in the fact that I I thought that Osberg was a terrible hire. I I didn't I I didn't think we we talked about this. You might not agree as much, but I didn't think he was an upgrade from Menzies at all. No, no, so, no. We're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think he was an upgrade at all. So um, yeah, definitely um, interested to see how Kevin does. And not just the background with being an assistant with, with TJ and being an assistant with his pop. He also has time playing professionally overseas. He also has time spending time in the D League. It was the, the D League when he was there. You know what I mean? So he, he, he played in the Pac-10. I don't know if it was a Pac-10. I think it was a Pac-10 when he was there. So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, he's got a wealth of experience. Guys respect that. He knows what UNLV was and should be. And will be a game, and I, I really, I, I can't wait, man. I, I can't wait to go to the game tomorrow. You already know I'm a hooper. That's yep. why I can barely walk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to get B Sal on the court with uh, your your buddy, your assistant coach from Lamar, and let's throw Curtis Terry in the mix there too. How would your game shape up against uh, those guys? <laughs> oh, man, I, I can't run with those guys anymore. I mean. <laughs> Curtis Terry is my guy too, man. Because absolutely, he was on the team with Kevin and whatnot. Right, right. Um, he was one of the first people that I kind of talked to, and, and uh, I had him on television. Probably one of his first television interviews uh, doing radio was with me. Because um, yeah, I mean, Curtis is, is a good dude, man. Um, but back in the day, like when I was in in Beaumont, I definitely would play with with Brandon and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that in Montana as well, man. Like, hey, man. You know, it, it's hard to get it out of your blood, man. Right, right. All right, looking forward to it tomorrow night. We'll be uh, visiting, hopefully, with Curtis Terry uh, on tomorrow's show as well, too, as we get ready for the uh, season opener for UNLV tomorrow night at the Thomas & Mack Center at 7 o'clock. All right, peace out. Like I said, there's so much stuff to talk about here, um, and I know that you've been part of the coverage as well. Every time that we have... You know this breaking news stuff, and unfortunately, we got to we got to cover the serious nature. And I and I've been watching uh, a lot of your stuff as well too. You know, with the Raiders, uh, kind of quick take, not to relive and rehash it all, but you know, with the news yesterday coming out, Mike Mayock saying, "Hey, Damon Arnett, we're done. This video's gone viral." And then now you're looking to back, back at that 2020 first-round class where you've got rugs and you've got Arnett. Both ended up turning out to be busts. Uh, as this turns out here, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know uh, uh, about what has transpired in the last uh, seven, eight days. Yeah, I think um, I think for one, I, I believe that Mayock's tone in talking about the two different players were were different. Um, his tone with Arnett, he tried to sound, and he did sound 
a little bit more forceful and almost angry in in, in the decisions that Arnett made. And almost, and he, to me, he tried to paint the picture of the fact that they saw warning signs and thought that there was something, uh, there, were, there were things that they knew about leading up to the draft, but they decided to draft him anyway because they thought his upside was so big. Um, I did a podcast with Arnett before training camp ever started, his first little Las Vegas media exposure. He was a good kid, man. I, I, I enjoyed talking to him. Uh, but, man, that, these, these kids doing stuff that kids do, which are dumb, making dumb decisions, and their dumb decisions are costing them. One, rugs, it costs them, uh, it's going to cost them some of his life. You know what I mean? And then Arnett, his livelihood. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's been tough. I hate seeing it. I don't put rugs in the same category as, as Arnett because what Arnett did could not have been any dumber. You know what I mean? Like, I hate even putting it like that, but it couldn't have been any dumber to come right on the heels of what happened with, his, with right. Henry Ruggs. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, what, what are you doing? So, you listen to too much music, man. Listen to too much of, uh, I don't even know who, like, a new rap artist would be that talks trash like that, but whoever that artist is, that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> right. No, it, it, it's insane. I mean, just coming out and, you know, carrying basically a machine gun around and, and threatening to, to kill, you know, someone, a fan, or whatever the nonsense is. I mean, it is. But you know what? We... We're seeing it firsthand up and close here, but as we know, these are stories that happen all the time in in, in other Everywhere. cities, whether it's NBA, N, uh, NFL, or not even sports related. You know, I mean, this nonsense goes on, and it is this 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 me first, this sense of entitlement, and especially when we bring it back to sports, we bring it back to athletes who just feel that you know, you know what, I I am untouchable. I mean, going back to the Henry Ruggs situation, I mean, 156 miles an hour down Rainbow Boulevard. Again, I mean, people are always pointing out, oh, you know, well, why, why couldn't he get an Uber or a Lyft? That's not what these guys think about. And again, here's the thing. Here's the thing that, and you know this as well as I do. The NFL and all of these leagues, they have a symposium for all of these athletes that are coming out of college, that get drafted, and they give you the basically the scared straight routine. They play you videos, they put they they bring actors in and they put you in these uh, like immersive situations. And they're all required to go through it. It's like this could happen to you. People are going to come after your money. They're going to come after your fame. They're going to challenge you. They're going to entice you with, with all of these things. Don't put yourself in these precarious situations. They all knew it. But what do they do, Brian? They ignore it. And, again, these are two perfect examples. Even though they're, you know, they're both, tr- they're, they're bo- both horrible, you know, they're, but, but they're both really acts of stupidity. And even Ruggs for yeah. making that decision yeah. to get behind the wheel and, and causing that horrible what tragedy. Are you, what are you doing? Yeah, right? Yeah. And then you get over yeah. with Arnett, who's just just a moron. You know what I'm saying? Because there were red flags with him coming yeah. out of Ohio State. And Mike Mayock said it yesterday. He said, you know, we, we ignored it. We chose talent over, um, you know, over basically, you know, common sense. And we probably shouldn't have gone yeah. that way. So when I say the Raiders reached for both of those guys – just from a talent perspective and what they did in college, they did. He overreached for that. But then to have both of them end up like this, I mean, it just it, – it's terrible. It, it, it's terrible what has happened. No, but, you know, that's that's it. I, mean, I, I agree. That's all, man. That's, 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 yeah, no, I agree. The one thing I will say, and 
it's not the popular opinion, but one thing I will say about I just have a problem with people looking down their nose at Ruggs. Ruggs' um, decision to drive under the influence. We all know that that is dumb. Like that, you don't, you, you, you don't do that. But the one thing I always come back to the, with a lot of people that talk like this, I want to say there's probably 90% of the people that we all know that have done that, especially at 22 years old. Not the, the speed, not just strictly speaking of driving under the influence. You know what I mean? Like, I, because I, I know of too many people that have done that. And, yes. you know, I've never done that personally, but I know there's, there's way too many people that have done that um, to look down their nose at it. The 156 is just, that, that's inexcusable. Inexcusable. No, and I'm, I'll say I'll say this, and I'll even take it one step further in agreeing with you there that almost everyone has done something like this. Everyone, but I think where the the line has got to be drawn here is that when you are warned like this and you are held to a higher standard because you are a professional athlete, you're a first rounder, you're making a lot of money, that you have to know better. I mean, it's just like you know, athletes need to know. Okay. If you go out late at night or you're going to hang at bars or going to strip clubs and this and that, okay, the average person may be able to get away with this, but you are going to be tested. You're going to be challenged from other people that are there and the scrutiny that can come with that. And for you, you have a lot more to lose maybe than a, a person who's not famous. And not collecting, I think that's it. So you have to know going into it that you're held to a higher standard and you are considered a role model, whether you think you are or not. And you're 22, 23, and you're not thinking that. But there are kids that are 8, 10, 12, 15, 16 years old. They're thinking like, man, I want to be like you. So that's when you've got to be smarter and say, you know what? I, I know it's something stupid, but I, as much as I'd like to go party, I can't do it, or I've got to keep it in the frame of my own home. Yeah, no, I know you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, we, we hope we hope that these really young – I mean, he's a kid. Like, Ruggs is a kid. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, yeah. kid, yeah. 22 years old, 20 I – mean, kid. You hope that they learned from the, uh, the, the coaches – the mentors, the people that they had down in Alabama and Ohio State. You hope that they learn from the vets that they have on the rosters with the Raiders and the coaches. And uh, you hope that they have people around them that say, man, no, that's dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. You need somebody around you that's that's not a, a yes man to keep you from doing stupid things. From doing stupid things. Just straight up. You need somebody that's around you like, man, I no. What's right. wrong with you, man? Don't do that. Right. So it's very unfortunate cases, man. Yeah. Very it, unfortunate cases. That's it. All right. Uh, Brian Salmon joins us, uh, sports director at News 3. He'll be out at uh, T-Mobile Arena tonight, Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, back in action. Uh, Golden Knights with a six-game homestand spread out over the next two weeks. So uh, we'll look forward to that. B-Sal, let's talk a little bit uh, about the Raiders on the field. Uh, very uninspiring performance, especially there in the second half, fourth quarter against the Giants, a game that you're going to look back probably if you're the Raiders and say, man, you know, we, we should have gotten this game. But this goes back to the last few seasons or even longer that the Raiders not performing very well after a bye week. 
And I don't know what it is with a lot of teams. You know, we, we very familiar with Andy Reid having a lot of success. Certain coaches have success, but there are a lot of coaches that don't have success after bye weeks. So the Raiders throw in a clunker there, had an opportunity to be six and two. Now they're not. I mean, I you know, now they're five and three, and you're getting into a, a little bit tougher part of the schedule. Now here come the Chiefs. You get them at home. It's Sunday night football, but let's look ahead because even though the Chiefs haven't played great football, they did show some signs last week that uh, their defense is, is starting to get it. They've got some new pieces over there as well, too. They're starting to gel together. And I don't know about you, but I just got the feeling with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, as we get into November and December and we get closer to playoff time, this is when the Chiefs will become the team that we are used to, to, to seeing here come playoff time. Yeah, well, that's at least what with Chiefs fans and, and folks that, um, you know, like football folks that, that anointed Pat Mahomes as the greatest quarterback to ever live. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, well, he they has won not him. looked and good. he's been my fantasy yeah. quarterback. He's been yeah. horrible. Yes. He looked horrible. Right. And he's been my fantasy quarterback for like the past like two, three years. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, it, it, this is a huge, huge game for them, man. It's a huge, huge game for the Chiefs. And, and I, we can't state this enough, just how big of a game that was against the Giants. They had an opportunity, man. That's, you have to win games that you are supposed to win against teams that you are supposed to beat, i.e. The, the Bears, i.e. the Giants. You know what I mean? Like Those are games you got to win. Um, they had a huge opportunity to put a little separation uh, in, the, in the division, and Derek Carr played his worst game of the season. Like he was, and I'm the person amongst most of the people that I deal with, media, friends, whatever. I defend Derek Carr, man, and he was terrible. He was terrible. Um, they threw away a great performance by Unique Ngakwe. You know what I mean? The defense played well, gave them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and uh, so if they have if they have a bounce back game. On Sunday, then you know it all is well. Um, but yeah, it's terrible coming out of the bye. Very disappointed in how Carr played because I mean he's he's in my mind he's a he's a top seven quarterback in the league, top five quarterback in my mind. Um, and he definitely did not play like that. But probably the best thing coming up about this weekend. Uh, the Sunday night football game. I can't. I'm trying to think what channel it comes on. Um. <laughs> I, uh, hold, let me help you out. Let me, let me look it up. Uh, one, two, three. Channel three. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yes. And Jesse Merrick and myself, man, we'll have a post game show live from Allegiant Stadium after the game as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Good. All right. We'll be looking forward to it as well. We'll, we'll be there in attendance, but everyone else, say, if you don't have a ticket to the game, obviously you can watch it there on Channel 3 there, and then will kick it off approximately 5.15, and be Sal and Jesse M. afterwards at Allegiant Stadium there. I look forward to that. Uh, you know, Absolutely. That'll, that'll give you time to, you know, have all your food downed, and, you know, you probably won't, you know, just don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't see any ketchup on the face or whatever at that point in time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're you're pretty good about all that stuff. You're going with the makeup and everything, but I know you do like to to dive into the press box food over there at Allegiant Stadium, my friend. Oh man, you're right. Thank you for the makeup tip. But yeah, my, my bag, my bag will be full of peanut M and M's. Hopefully, I need to go ahead and I need to restock. Oh, oh, peanut M and M's. You're killing me. Yeah, well, you know, man. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, like I know, the spread that they have there at Allegiant Stadium is top notch, man. And especially the sweets. I've got a sweet tooth. Yeah. So you, you like you yeah, like those I'm, Raider I'm, cookies, uh, you know, Chief Cookie. You know, again, they 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 tailor it to whoever you know they're playing the opponent. And uh, there's usually a theme. And I really appreciated when the Eagles were in town because we got the Philly cheesesteaks. See, I appreciate that yeah. innovativeness. You know, I, I you know it's just not the stockpile stuff. You know. You know, we're not- I, I agree completely. Yes, remember when Miami was here? They had the uh, what, what do they call plantains and the, right. the whatever, like the Cuban type of sandwich that they right. Eat down there. See, I forgot about that. You're right. There you go. All right. Yeah, so, so, you, so, so that means. Wait a minute, B. Sal. We need to come hungry because it is, uh, you know, like a, a dinner time start. If it's Kansas City, that means it's barbecue, right? Absolutely, yes. Ah, there it is. There's... Yeah, the, the light bulb went on for T.C. Martin. And he... <laughs> it did. I'm already planning well done, my Sunday. Well done. I'm planning my, my Sunday, uh, you know, my, my food, like as I always do for the weekend. I got to plan it, my friend. So, plain and simple. I heard that. Good stuff. I'm hungry right now, so I, I, yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. I'm starving right now. Well, you know me. As soon as I get off here at 4 o'clock, boom, I'm dining, you know, you know, to, at, at a place to be not uh, – not to be mentioned at this point in time. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until they start paying for it. I hear you. There you go, B-Sal. All right, man. B-Sal is at VGK. Are you going to be uh, you out in front of T-Mobile tonight to doing your thing? I will. I'll be out in front of T-Mobile live, Golden Knights, the Kraken. Uh, it should be a good game, man. I'm looking forward to it. How about that? The Kraken coming to T-Mobile uh, two times in the first what month or two months of the season. I know, and we were there for opening night, and that was a game that Golden Knights jumped out to three nothing. I'm trying to do sports, and this guy's singing here, unbelievable. And then they come back. I love that song. Sorry, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the Kraken made a game of it. If you remember, that was crazy. The last time they were here. it was. Yeah, so it really was. It really was. Right, um, yeah, man. I'm. I love their uniforms too, man. They did really well with the cracking uniforms. All right, he's cracking too. He's been cracking tonight. Go ch- catch the live shot over at T-Mobile <laughs> Arena. B Sal, uh, I'm. Let me see. Let me look at my crystal ball well here. Played. I see. I see, I am seeing. I'm seeing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a little pinkness or an orangeness. I'm seeing something bright. Uh, B Sal's wearing something Ooh. bright tonight. Ooh. Now you, the, uh, I think the I think the um, crystal ball is a little bit foggy. Oh, okay. I'm going with whatever. I'm going with a suit that I bought for uh, the Raiders games. Man, it's only the second uh, time I've worn. Oh, he's going dark. It, it's, yeah. It's greenish. The greenish, yeah. Greenish. I know. The greenish. Okay, you're the money man. There you go. Not the not the bright green one. It's it's like a. It's one of my Dominique Wilkins joints, man. I, I like this suit. I think you like it. Yeah, you're going you you're going like forest green, right? A little forest green action. No, 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 it's 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 like a lime. It's, oh, it's a light lime. Okay, see, I was right. I went bright, so that's lime is bright. Come on, it fits in the the pink uh, hue or whatever. Uh, well, right. You have to see it. It's, it's not it's not like my super bright lime. Oh. I have a super bright one too. <laughs> so we're talking about my. <laughs> too funny. All right, here's Brian Salmon. Right, go ahead and plug away, my friend. There you go. Uh, tonight, five o'clock, six o'clock, ten o'clock on the CW, eleven o'clock on Channel Three. We've got lots to talk about. Mark Stone was out there practicing today for the Golden Knights. It should, uh, he's not going to come back anytime soon, but Pete DeBoer had a little bit to say about him, man. So we have that on the news tonight. All right, there it is. You know, Kraken do have green in there. I think b is getting a little secret love to the Kraken going with your lime tonight. That's what I think you're doing. Uh-oh, don't, don't tell anybody, man. You know I got a little history in Seattle. So. There you go. It's true. <laughs> 
All right, brother. Be good, man. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you, and we'll see you a lot during the week. My man, TC, uh, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you. Nunchuck, man, coming through. It's <laughs> the telephone, man. I love it. Go ahead. Sing us out, B-Sal. Go ahead. There's something wrong with my line. Put it down, my baby. Never more, no. <laughs> you get a click every time. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. In. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right. We got some Odell Beckham news again, right? In the news again. Odell Beckham, this time he has been waived by the Cleveland Browns, has not been picked up yet, cleared waivers because no one wanted to test the waters there. So it'll be interesting to see if he ends up with anybody. But let's take the story back, okay? Since we didn't get a chance to do a terrible Tuesday last week, let's start with this. Last week, Odell Beckham was in the news again, right? For running his mouth. Or shall we say, just getting on a keyboard of social media. And we're really not talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Sr. That's right. He was the one that caused this whole fiasco about the Cleveland Browns saying, you're out of here, go find a new team. Yes, Odell Beckham Sr. posted a video on Instagram highlighting the times Baker Mayfield did not throw to his son during the game last week. Uh, He then responded with three green check marks in the comment section and said Mayfield was either hating on Odell or he just doesn't want him to shine. Now, here's the post that Beckham Sr. put next to the video and highlighting. I think he's, you know, going old school John Madden using the Telestrate or whatever. Chris Collinsworth now and doing all this other nonsense. No, showing where his son was open, but Baker Mayfield just refused to throw him the ball. Ridiculous as that sounds, that's what he did. But even more ridiculous was the comments that he posted below this. He said, Generally, and I'm going to read this as he wrote it, generally behind the scene, but not today. Hashtag, I'm a father before anything. Hashtag, my twin. Hashtag, my ace. Hashtag, my A1. Hashtag, I'm hurting for ya. Hashtag, I hurt for him. Hashtag, this really hurts. Hashtag, very hurtful. Hashtag, disrespectful. Hashtag, when I hurt, the hurt I know. Hashtag, I love Cleveland like I love home. This program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. (laughs) Hashtag, I love my son, Mo. Hashtag, 7-Eleven. Not sure I get that one or any of these. Hashtag open 24-7. I don't think he means 7-Eleven's open. I think he means his son was open 24-7. Hashtag all love. Hashtag Beckham Legendary 6. 
O M I J I S and at sign OBJ. Last game OBJ played for the McLeven Browns, one catch for six yards in that loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where do we begin with this? I mean, we go back. First of all, all the hashtags that no one probably understands what the heck he's talking about except him. And have you ever seen a post that had more hashtags and more ridiculous juvenile hashtags? I believe, what, how old is Odell Beckham Sr.? The guy's got to be what? In his 50s? His 60s? To go down and, and use this type of terminology... Here's the thing, though. Okay, First of all, Baker Mayfield, for the most part, has been awful this year. Accuracy, decision-making, against good defenses, he ranks 26th, all right? Against good defenses, upper echelon defenses, sub-500 teams, above-500 teams, I should say, his QBR is 43. That's horrendous. Secondly, and more importantly, Pops, stay away from the keyboard. Stay away from social media. Just shut up. I mean, your son can handle himself. Stay out of his business. Sit back. Reap the rewards that your son has been providing for you for all these years. Reap being the father of a multi-millionaire and enjoy the games. And it's really mind-boggling that we have not heard from Odell Beckham Jr. at all over the last week and a half here. And this is all because of his dad. Think about this. This all started with Pops. Pops, go color your hair like your son, okay? The problem here is Pops used to play, all right? And he's still living out his dream now as a father because he can't play anymore. If you remember, his dad was a running back back at LSU. Never made it. Still trying to live out his dreams through his son. It's over, Pops. Relax. Enjoy life like you should be. Enjoy life. If your son's getting one target, who cares? If your son's getting five or six targets, who cares? He gets in the end zone. Fine. If he's not, who cares? It doesn't matter. You're still reaping the rewards and collecting the check. But now what you've done, you made your son look bad. You made yourself look bad. And now your son's out of a job. He's out of a job. He's 51 years old, right? 51. Old enough to be smart enough, right? And still plenty of time to live your life very nicely. Come on. Ridiculous. But think about this. No one's talking about this. This whole charade that transpired in the last week is all because of Pops. And Beckham Jr. said, okay, I got Pops back. Instead of squashing that like Pops shut up or whatever, handle your business. And remember, Kevin Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, He basically said he hadn't even talked to Beckham Jr. Haven't even talked to him. (laughs) How about the communication here? But what do we do? Rely on someone else to speak for us through social media. Yes. Odell Beckham Jr. today, free agent, can sign with anybody. Will they? We'll wait and see. All right. Speaking of football, what we saw Sunday, what was worse? You tell me. Buffalo or Dallas? Let's start with the Bills. They lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 9-6. to That's it. Battle of field goals. Five field goals in this entire game. 
Josh Allen completes 31 passes. Think about this. He completed 31 passes for 264 yards. No touchdown. Bills have 301 yards of offense. No touchdown. Josh Allen has two interceptions. The Buffalo Bills thought they were the Chicago Bears from last night. 12 penalties, 118 yards. What did the Bears have? 120 yards, right? Same number of penalties. Ridiculous. No touchdowns scored in a game by either team. A total pathetic performance. I'd like to know, when was the last time there was not a touchdown scored in an NFL game? Now, I threw this out at Numchuck earlier in the day. Obviously, Numchuck, you couldn't find it or you just ignored you know, the, the request. But I'd like to know, when was the last time there was not a touchdown scored in an NFL football game by either team? All right, there's plenty of times, you know, where teams have not a team has not scored a touchdown, but neither team. That's exactly what you had in the Bills Jaguars game nine six. And Buffalo now losing here, putting themselves in a little precarious situation here, opening the door for other teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers who have now won four in a row. Or how about the Tennessee Titans? who not many people gave them much credit in the beginning of the season. They lose Derrick Henry. Doesn't matter. They go into the Rams and they spank them. So, yeah, Buffalo horrendous. Now let's talk about Dallas. Losing to Denver on Sunday. This team was down 30 to nothing. 30 to nothing on your home field. In the fourth quarter to the Denver Broncos, you basically quit. No Vaughn Miller. You, this team scores two meaningless touchdowns at the end to make it semi-respectable, 30-16 the final score. But the Dallas Cowboys were never in this game. And why is this so shocking or so alarming? Because the Dallas Cowboys have been playing some pretty good football. Dallas Cowboys had Dak Prescott coming back. He was supposed to be healthy, and he was atrocious in this game. Dallas had the number one offense in the NFL coming into this game. And Denver without their stars. Who were the stars for Denver in this game? Javante Williams. Who? Javante Williams. Your running back. 111 yards running the football. All right? How about your leading receiver? Who was it? It was Patrick. Patrick was your leading receiver. And Teddy Bridgewater. Pretty decent day. And you get the job done. The Dallas Cowboys on the other side, leave it to Mike McCarthy, huh? Have the team ready to play against a team that you're supposed to beat. Three turnovers for the Cowboys, 78 yards rushing, 212 yards passing, an atrocious performance. I don't know what it is with Dallas, but they throw in these clunkers of games when they're playing 12 noon starts. Okay, so 10 o'clock in the morning game here. For some reason, when Dallas is playing under any type of array of sunshine, they stink. And it takes them a while to get going. I don't know. But watch for that. For Dallas in that, that 10 a.m. slot, 12 noon back there. I don't know who is worse. The Cowboys were horrible. The Bills were horrible. And granted, I imagine both teams will bounce back very nicely, but they both were terrible on Sunday. All right. You know, we didn't get a chance to talk about Halloween you know how I feel about Halloween. I'm not a big fan of Halloween. Well, there's some people in Texas that weren't a Halloween uh, fans uh, either. Uh, in Austin, Texas, Texas Longhorns having a rough season, as we know, right? Well, things weren't any better back on Halloween 
for Texas special teams coach Jeff Banks. His girlfriend, Monkey, is being accused of attacking a young trick-or-treater. Wait, what's this now? Yes. Jeff Banks' girlfriend has a monkey, and the monkey attacked a kid on Halloween. The girlfriend says it's all the kid's fault. The girlfriend is Danielle Thomas, a.k.a. Numchuck. You might be familiar with her. Pole assassin. Yes, pole assassin. Numchuck. She is a striptease dancer. That's right. Where's our music? Where's our music for our striptease? All right. Yes, she is a Texas pole dancer. She actually appeared on Jerry Springer. Yeah, well, anyway, she was hosting a haunted house at her place, and the kid went where he wasn't supposed to go, according to her. She goes, I had a haunted house on one side, and it was gated off. He had no permission to go past that gate. Well, the boy did. He went into the backyard, and the monkey attacked the boy, where the monkey's jaw had to be pried open to free the child. That's how serious this thing was. Yeah. She said she had a sign that said, do not enter. Emotional support animal. No touching. How is a monkey, a ravaged monkey, who attacks people, a support animal? Please explain that to me. That's another thing. I'm getting sick and tired of support animals, okay? People taking these animals on planes. This is one thing with a dog or a cat or something. I saw an ostrich one time. All right, an ostrich. A support animal. We talked about this before. Monkey, a support animal. If you're going to travel these things, you put them at the bottom of the plane. But the bottom line is you're going to have a Halloween trick-or-treat party or something. No, come on. That, that's, that's insane. Yeah. So you tell me how... This is what she said. She goes, how could she viciously bite someone if they don't stick their damn head in there where they don't belong? Calling out the kid. Happy trick-or-treat there in uh, in Austin, Texas. You like that? Yes. Coming from the pole dancer who owns a monkey. All right. Yeah, I've been holding on to that story. So I had, I had, I had to get to that one. There you go. All right. Uh, terrible Tuesday-esque. Uh, anything else out there? Yes. One more. I'm going to leave you with this. And this happened two weeks ago as well, too. Kansas. Remember the game where they were playing Oklahoma? They led the game 10 nothing at halftime. It was 17-7 to in the third quarter. And all of a sudden, the KU Athletic Department says, hey, let's put out an all-points bulletin. Let's tell our radio crew to tell everyone that is in listening distance there in Lawrence, Kansas, all-points bulletin to everyone in the Lawrence, Kansas area, come out to the stadium. The gates are now open. We are not charging admission for the rest of the game. It is free entry. No ticket required. That's what they said. They saw visions of grandeur that Kansas was leading Oklahoma 10 to nothing. At the time, Oklahoma was ranked number three in the country. Then it was 17 to seven in the third quarter, and they said, you know what? We have to take advantage of this. Why? This is a storm the field moment in their eyes. Yes. We need to storm the field because KU may pull this upset against Oklahoma. And guess what? We need 
People to storm the field. We're going to be on ESPN. We're going to be on Sports Center. We're going to go viral. Except there's one problem. There wasn't enough people in the stands. You sh- could have shot off a cannon in this stadium because no one was there. So first of all, how do you not have a decent crowd for an arch rival in conference? And I get it. Kansas, Oklahoma really hasn't been much. You kind of got that hatred towards Baker Mayfield. Because remember a couple years ago when Mayfield was talking trash and after they scored, he went up and he was yelling at the people in the stands and just about everybody could hear him and saying, hey, you know, go get your basketball tickets, you know, because it's basketball season now. In other words, like, go go cheer for them because you can't cheer for this football team because we're drilling you. Yes. So they hardly had anybody in the stadium. So... They sent out an all-points bulletin to say, come down the stadium, we'll let you in free because we're setting up the rush to the field so we could storm the field. Well, they didn't have a crowd. So even after they put out the APB and said, come on out here to support our 1-7 team, okay, our 38-point underdog team, come on out here and get ready to storm the field. Well, there was no storm in the field because Oklahoma did come back. And they won 35-23. to 23. And the official attendance after they offered everyone to come in the stadium for free was 26,231. There you go. You couldn't even get people to come and sell out your stadium after you said you get in for free. All right? Yeah. That was a bad. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a horrendous game. There you go. Some Terrible Tuesday bonus thoughts there since we had to preempt Terrible Tuesday last week. All right, there you have it. All right, like we said, a very, very busy week here in Las Vegas. Tonight you got the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Seattle Kraken at T-Mobile Arena. It's been a, a couple weeks since uh, the Golden Knights were in action, so uh, get out there, support the Golden Knights. Remember last time the Kraken were in town, it was a pretty good game. Golden Knights jumped out of the 3-0 lead. Kraken came back to tie it. Golden Knights uh, won in overtime. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Golden Knights still pretty banged up. UNLV taking on Gardner-Webb tomorrow from the basketball side. Uh, Curtis Terry uh, is going to join us tomorrow. We'll talk about that. Kevin Kruger, he joined us yesterday. And, of course, Kevin Kruger, you can catch that interview up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. All right. Uh, Trevor Madge will be joining us this week as well. Tim Brando, we had to move Timmy B from today till tomorrow. He had a little family emergency. Look forward to talking to Tim Brando tomorrow. And he will be on the call of TCU and Oklahoma State, part of the Fox triple header this weekend for college football. And tonight, we'll keep a close eye out on the college football playoff rankings. That will be unveiled to us uh, here very, very soon. And we'll talk about that tomorrow as well, too. Friday at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Look forward to that. So come on out and see the show live then. All right, for Numbchuck, T.C. Martin saying so long. I want to thank T.J. Reeves for joining us, Brian Salmon from News 3. Have yourself a great evening, and we reconvene tomorrow at 2.